Tēnā koutou katoa ki te whakarongo mai, koutou ki te panel, ko Wallace Chapman, I hope. Our money hitty today, I'm with Ruth Money, Victims Advocate. Kia ora, Ruth. Kia ora, Wallace. Nice to have you on the programme. And Russell Brown, publisher of Public Address and Journalist. Kia ora, Russell. Kia ora. Good to have you here. Now, a word on this first before we get into the programme. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian has announced a lockdown for four day, for four areas rather of Sydney from 11.59pm this evening until at least Friday the 2nd of July. It comes after 22 new community cases of COVID-19 were recorded and there are now 65 cases linked to the Bondi cluster. The ultra-infectious Delta variant has been spreading through Sydney for over a week now and joining me from Sydney is ABC reporter Gavin Coote. Welcome Gavin. Good afternoon. Is this a lockdown because the Premier is not using the L word? Yeah, the the L word. Um, she's tried to sort of um, steer clear of that, but, uh, but for all intents and purposes, this is a lockdown. I guess we could call it a partial lockdown because it only covers part of Sydney. But really, uh, you, you've got to stay at home in these parts of Sydney unless you have four reasons, and that's uh, you know going out for food or medical care or exercise, or if you work in essential uh, industries. So really, it's it's kind of a revert revert to. Um, you know, the, the early days of the lockdown, um, really, there's no reason to be leaving home if you're um, living in those areas. And I guess what's significant is that we're talking four local government areas in the, the middle of Sydney. That's As far as residents go, that's about probably half a million people. Mm. But it's not only residents of these areas, it's those whose place of work is there as well. So we're talking a huge portion of Sydney siders. As you can imagine... Um, many commute from outer suburbs, you know, near and far. So uh, many will be getting the, you know, I guess being urged now to stay at home um, regardless of whether they live in that particular area. Mm. What's, what's the feeling, Gavin? Look, I think um, it's a feeling of people are quite sanguine about this. Um, mm. I think Sydney siders in particular uh, are, are keen, you know, they, they seem pretty keen to take things upon themselves and police their own behaviour. We see with, um, with outbreaks, uh, particularly in New South Wales, if they know there is that public health threat, they are likely to stay at home a little bit more and only go outside for those essential reasons. So people are meeting in the supermarkets and outside uh, in shopping districts. They are really only going out now for the essentials um, and really trying to limit their contact as much as possible. So we saw, even though these case numbers have gone up and there is still a, a real concern, we did see people uh, limiting their contact in recent days. And effectively, the reproduction number of the virus has has been somewhat limited given people are already, you know, they're not moving around nearly as much. They're not leaving Sydney. They're not going between places nearly as much. But, of course, um, given this is a partial lockdown now, uh, it appeared they had to take a bit more um, swift action. Yeah. Now, there seems to be a bit of a confusion with people who have worked in a locked-down area like the central city having to lock down at home, but their partners and kids may not be locked down. Has this been clarified at all? No, it still seems a little bit unclear, and I guess what is of major concern, and the New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian spelled this out today, is, as you mentioned, because this is such a contagious strain of the virus, um, households are really uh, vulnerable at the moment, and and Gladys Berejiklian said that we could see 100% infection rates in in those close contacts within households. So once you have a positive case, 
that could spread within the house quite quickly. I guess the hope is that you can you can isolate, you can you can really have those people stay at home and isolate for at least a fortnight. But really, um, once you start talking about locking down, let's say someone's partner who works in the city and comes out into the western or northern suburbs, uh, you know, then then are those that maybe live in the house but work more locally. What do they do? And I think um, for all intents and purposes, they probably can still go out. But that is where you get a bit of a blurry line. And um, given the contagiousness of this this strain, the Delta strain, we're in kind of uncharted territory. Yeah. Hey, Gavin, we've got a panel with us. They might jump in. They might even want a bit of a question. Gavin, uh, Ruth, have you got a question? Yeah, kia ora, Gavin. I was just wondering, so do you think there'll be more comms around, you know, you can't go to school if Dad actually works in the infected area, but... You, do, you know, your school mm. doesn't? I think there will be more in, in, in coming days. I think schools, for the most part, will remain open, um, particularly in the suburbs outside of those. I, I think we'll get a lot more clarification about schools in those four local government areas soon. Um, certainly, um, one of the reasons you're allowed to leave at the moment is for essential work or education, if you can't do that from home. So there may be a move, particularly for, for workplaces, to, to move to that work from home that we, we sort of mastered last year. Uh, as for schools, that's going to be a bit of a tricky one. Um, there has been a bit of a confusion around that. And also, um, you know, um, if, if you, let's say, what is, what is the Sydney metro area? And if you have spent a lot of time in, in some of these areas, um, can you leave Sydney? I guess the, the short answer is no, um, but we've already seen people have left and even overnight, um, you know, more than 100 uh, New South Wales residents trying to cross the border north into Queensland and, and then turned back by police. So uh, really, I guess it's a case of really tr- quickly trying to clarify and, and clear up messages on mm. it. Gavin, what's the public mood on, on lockdown? Because I have to say, I think if Auckland had uh, these kinds of case numbers we would have been in level three or maybe even level four lockdown days ago. I mean, has there been, any, has there been pressure on the Premier? There has. And, and you know, um, we've seen, and you would have seen across the Tasman, uh, you know, Melbourne had that extended period, um, not only late last year, it was one of the strictest lockdowns, but they had another lockdown uh, only in recent weeks where millions of people were in this sort of citywide lockdown um, and then in some of the other major Australian cities like Brisbane, Perth, they went into short, shut lockdowns in recent months. Uh, you know, it might only be three or three odd days and then they'll come back out of it. Um, and But New South Wales, uh, which is, um, I guess, important to keep in mind, the New South Wales government is a Liberal government where those other states I mentioned, um, they are Labor governments. Um, New South Wales has prided itself on what it's called a proportionate response to outbreaks. So, you know, um, they have had a, a mini lockdown, particularly over the Christmas New Year period in the northern beaches of Sydney. But it hasn't taken that step of a, a wide major lockdown since the early stages of the pandemic. And this is really coming to the test now. We're in that sort of uncharted territory where the Premier here in New South Wales is saying the Delta strain, you know, she's as scared about this as she has been mm-hmm. during the course of the pandemic. But that still doesn't necessitate a citywide lockdown. But, of course, uh, in answer to your question, there are those calls for a, for a citywide lockdown. The, the Australian Medical Association um, has called today for the whole city to go into lockdown. Um, meanwhile, business groups are, um, you know, are, are worried about what economic impact this 
partial lockdown will have. They're saying today that this will, you know, retailers will lose about $750 million in revenue over, uh, over that week-long period in, in a very targeted part of Sydney. Well, it's nice to be on the program, Gavin. Uh, appreciate your time. That is ABC reporter Gavin Coote there. Uh, it's just a reminder, isn't it, uh, Ruth, that this uh, pandemic is nowhere near over and we just don't know yet. There's so much more to know uh, about sure this Delta is. variant. Yeah, I mean, that, that aerosol, that airborne threat is just terrifying. And I, you know, I happened to be in Wellington last week and I was horrified at no masks and no yeah. scanning. Yeah. I felt like I'd kind of landed in outer space. Everybody was looking at me and I was the only one with a mask on in the shuttle. Yeah, you keep it. Is that right? Honestly. Really? Yeah. You keep hearing these stories about, you know, Aucklanders head south and, and are shocked. <laughs> Hang on. You're not scanning in? What? Um, I guess it's easy to get complacent about it. But, I mean, you look at you look at the US at the moment. Do you know how many people died of COVID last month in the US, which is, you know, is being hailed as a vaccine success story? 18,000. Wow. So it, it's really not over, and especially with the, with the Delta variant. I think people have realised, have forgotten, sorry, that Australia is now in our bubble. Yeah. <laughs> we have a big bubble. <laughs> yeah, and I'm feeling a bit grumpy about that, frankly. <laughs> well, uh, also uh, this afternoon we talk about hate speech. That'll be, well, a hate speech will become a criminal offence. Anyone convicted could face harsher punishment under proposed legislative changes. And the punishment for hate speech could incur a fine of up to $50,000. So that was uh, a big news for today as well. Professor Paul Spoonley is with us. And a 75% drop in people receiving drug and alcohol rehabilitation services in our prisons in the last five years. Why? And we take a look at the town of Wamaru, how one town has moved forwards by going backwards, embracing the Victorian era. And we have uh, quite the artist on to, to discuss. Artist Donna Demente is on the panel today. All right, time for I've Been Thinking. Ruth Money, would you like to start? Sure. Um, if anybody has heard me on the panel before, uh, you will be aware that I have been part of a campaign that collects and sends uh, family violence statistics out each month. So it goes to um, a number of media outlets, or all media outlets, as well as most MPs and people that work in the sector. I'm absolutely horrified that again this week I sent out the May statistics and not one media outlet has published it or done anything with it uh, and not one MP has moved to ensure that their ministries uh, are doing something to actually drive trans transformational change in this area. Uh, and I just, there is no doubt in my mind, and I've banged on about it before, if we had a one o'clock update where we were all beholden to the update and the news and the statistics that are our national shame around this. I think you called it uh, on this show another pandemic. Yeah. yeah, it is a pandemic. It is, it is absolutely, it's killing more than COVID in our country. Um, and I do, I want to acknowledge the whanau who have been affected in all months, but certainly just in May alone, one family violence death, uh, 5,022 reports of concern for tamariki to orangatamariki, and 82 children have been transferred out of their homes and to live with their grandparents um, permanently. This so month? I, this month alone. So I want the them to know that I see mm. them and I hear them and I mihi to them. We have to do more right. in this country. Kia ora, Ruth. Uh, that's Ruth Money there. All right, I've been thinking uh, Russell Brown. Well, <clears throat> mine's kind of trivial in comparison, but I've been thinking about how much I love K Road. Of course you do. And how much of course it's you home. do. 
Um, <clears throat> I went to the launch last night of Kanohi Te Kanohi, uh, the K Road photo exhibition, uh, which is part of the overall festival that's going on at the moment. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know, it, was, it was just really nice there. And I, I loaned them actually some copies of uh, Planet, the magazine that a few of us Planet. used to publish out of K Road used to buy, in the early 90s. Out of K Road? Yeah, yeah. Um, Great magazine. You, you know where the K Road Food Workshop is? Yes. Upstairs of there, 309 K Road. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I met Mire Nagulevu, who, who was um, involved with it as well, and was actually able to give her a, a copy of Issue 5, which is the first one I edited, um, with these amazing photos of her as a young woman by Greg Simu. And, you know, it's 30 years on. Um, and I, it got me thinking about how, there's all these people that were really young and still finding out who they were, you know, like Mary, you know, who was a young mum and now is kind of like the mother of the whole Auckland club scene. And, <laughs> and, and this goofy kid who stayed there for a while called Cliff Curtis, you know. Wow. Yeah, and, and it's sort of amazing having seen these people really not knowing what they were about and, and then seeing them with these really strong personal identities 30 years later. An ode to K Road, Kalan yeah. Road. It's, yeah, it's, it's an home. extraordinary... It's home. <laughs> Is it home with a new iteration with the fancy bars and the and the cycleway? How I love the cycleway. The you do? How good is the yeah, food? It's, yeah, it's, the, food, it's the food's so really good. Yeah, I mean, what, what, it could do it? With, what it could do with is a bit more old school retail. When we were publishing the magazine, there were yeah, there was an Indian um, retailer across the road. You know, we were stacked high with gram flour and stuff like that. And there were two fish shops. I think that's that's. I worry a little bit about that disappearing. Um, I don't think, you know, the, the perennial concern is, is gentrification. Mm. But um, I, I think there are things that have stopped that happening and will continue to. Do, but, you, do you like it? Do you like it as it is a little bit? I do. But, I mean, the funny thing about K Road as it is, the K Road we all love, is that that was born out of the street being torn up by the motorway junction. Really? And that that, that caused the, you know, the strong retail... Um, sector there to collapse. So do you like it better than Ponsonby Road? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm asking. I'm surprised you were I'm just asking. I wish Ros- the listeners could see his face. <laughs> just asking, Russell Brown. Uh, <laughs> Ruth Money, Russell Brown with me this afternoon. Lots to discuss. Friday afternoon right here on the panel.